Girl, I googled when this took place, and I guess it was in the it was written in the late seventeen hundred, so it was it probably uh-huh. took place in the eighteen hundreds. And apparently, dick was scarce in the eighteen hundreds, and women were like fighting for their lives to get some dick. I mean, that's <laughs> that's basically the thesis of I. I don't think fight for your dick, fight for your right to dick. <laughs> what is what Jade Austen had in mind when she wrote this book? It was like. Like the Hunger Games, but for Dick. You don't think so? Okay. So yes, only because Dick led to a comfortable life. I've had 15 years to simmer with this book, to reread it so many times, to watch the, all the movies. And Hunger Games for Dick has never once crossed my mind. Like, you're not wrong. You're welcome. But- hey, girl, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to uh, give you the new perspective on Pride and Prejudice. You heard it here first. Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Every week, we get together and recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week, we're talking about Pride and Prejudice, the one with Kira Knightley. Okay, we have to specify. That's a very important distinction, the one with Kira Knightley. Right off the bat, just like right right off the bat, <laughs> I want to say that when I was a young girl and I watched this movie, I was like, holy shit, Mrs. Bennett needs to calm the fuck down. Mama Bennett is very neurotic about getting her daughters married off. But honestly, Mama Bennett is just trying to do what society is telling her she needs to do for her daughters. Well, I understand her urgency because she has five daughters. Mm -hmm. Those daughters are not going to inherit anything from their father. And so their only hope for living a good life, and not even a good life, their only hope for being fed and clothed and housed Mm -hmm. is to be married. Because if the dad dies, literally all of them will be left with nothing. And so the mom is in this frantic state of getting all of her daughters married. In this society, marrying off your daughters is a business. You know, it is a business transaction. So little Timmy Tim Tom that works down at the stables and has like a two bedroom cabin, like that ain't good enough, baby. It's like marry up or bust. Yeah. Our main character, her name is Elizabeth Bennett, and she is one of five sisters. The moment that there is a whiff of a single man in town, the whole house is in a flurry. That's how the movie starts. They're they're losing it. Yes, especially a house with five unmarried daughters who have already been introduced to society. Yeah, some new dude in town, they're like salivating over it. So, new dude's in town. His name is Mr. Bingley. Mm -hmm. And he's having a ball. Because that's what happens when you're a rich dude. And you come to your estate that you never visit. Because you live elsewhere in your bigger estate. He's coming to his country estate. He's slumming it in the foothills of England. Wherever they're at. So, Elizabeth has four sisters. 
She has an older sister by the name of Jane, who is the most beautiful person I've ever saw in any form of media, including my dreams. (laughs) Like, she is beautiful. Rosamund Pike. She is gorgeous. And... It's not explicitly stated by anybody, but it's an understood, unspoken Mm -hmm. rule that since Jane is the oldest, all the other girls are kind of like taking a step back and letting Jane shoot her shot, you know? Yeah. But she's also like, they're all so supportive. There's no jealousy between the sisters. They're so excited for her. They're like, oh my God, Jane, you are so beautiful. You're going to get this. You're going to get this guy. Yes. They go to this ball. And balls are like the tinder of the 1800s, right? (laughs) You go there and you do this choreographed dance and you just hope that you catch a guy's eye, you know? Do you know, every time I, I watch period pieces, one intrusive thought I have when I watch period pieces is that they don't bathe very often in that era and they all probably smell like ass. No, that's why they carried, um, they had these little satchels. They would keep them around their wrist and hold them in their hands. So when they're walking around, mm. they have like little perfume, poopery in a bag to like yeah. smell um, because everybody mm-hmm. smells like straight up booty hole. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how desensitized you would be to the smell of booty hole when everyone <laughs> smells like booty hole? Like it doesn't smell like booty hole anymore. It just smells like normal. It's just like air. It's just like this is what indoor air smells like booty hole. It's normal. This is the 1800s. <laughs> What if we all smelled like booty hole? We don't know it. I was in London in 2019 and I did one of those bus tours where they take you to different places. Yeah, yeah. During the bus tour, the tour guide explained, you ever heard the phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah. Do you know where it comes from? No. (laughs) So he explained. So I think this was like way before the time period that this story takes place. But back when bathing was really, really rare, they would bathe maybe twice a year. And so what they would do is they would fill up the bathtub. Uh First person to get in would be the dad and he would bathe. And then the mom would get in and she would bathe in the same water. And then each consecutive family member would go in. In order of age, the very last person to bathe in the water would be the baby, the youngest child. And by that point, the the water would be so dark that you would just dunk the baby into the water. And so there would be a joke that like the water is so dark, if you drop the baby in there, you wouldn't be able to see it. And you throw the baby out with the bath water. (laughs) Okay, I don't know how we got there. (laughs) Anyways, so they're at this ball. Mr. Bingley is clearly sort of like smitten with Jane, you know? Immediately. Immediately. You know, just that's exactly Mama Bennett's plan. Yeah. So Mr. Bingley is the guest of honor at this ball, I would say, right? Is he the the guest of honor? The ball is really for him to kind of celebrate his arrival. It's his place. He is the main course here. But his friend, Mr. Darcy, is there to accompany him. But Mr. Darcy, dare I say, is the dessert. (laughs) He is the dessert. However, his physical attributes, you know, his scrumgily umptiousness (laughs) does not outweigh the fact that he is so dry, so antisocial, and rude. Oh, my God. So Elizabeth notices Mr. Darcy and she goes, who's the one with the quizzical brow? (laughs) 
<laughs> because he just he just has this stank face. Like he's a really handsome guy, but he looks so miserable to be there. So he doesn't have resting bitch face or accidental asshole face, I guess is how it's called with dudes. Mm-hmm. He has resting constipation face. The thing about Elizabeth is that she like her entire family really they're very kind of like a playful family i feel like they're not like stuck up they're not stuffy so she is always smiling her sisters are always giggly they're kind of a very loosey-goosey family they are very uncouth by societal standards so elizabeth goes up to mr darcy and she asks him, do you dance, Mr. Darcy? <laughs> not if I can help it. He says, not if I can help it. And that was just, you know, that was kind of rude. Like the lady. It was. Because that was kind of her way to get him to ask her. And he's just like, no, I don't dance. There's this scene where you could see everyone dancing enthusiastically. And then you could see the top of Mr. Darcy's head up against, like he's standing against <laughs> the wall. Yeah. And it's just the top of his head. With his grumpy ass fucking Snape looking face. <laughs> you know, while everybody else is dancing around him. Oh my god, I never put the two and two together with Darcy and Snape. And I'm starting to think that I might have a type. Elizabeth Bennett was having the time of her life. Yes. She was laughing. She was dancing. She was enjoying herself. He was watching her enjoy herself. And I think he secretly wanted to join her. He absolutely did secretly want to join her. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think he's already sort of made up his mind about the persona that he's throwing off to the world. And he was not willing to compromise that. For this chick, he just met on a ball. There's a dash of toxic masculinity in Mr. Darcy. It's almost like he thinks dancing would make him look less manly. I'm like, listen, sir, there's nothing manlier than a man that can move his hips to Shakira's These Hips Don't Lie. Girl, I didn't know that you could dance like that. (laughs) Jane has been dancing with Mr. Bingley all night, Mm -hmm. you know? Jane and Elizabeth have sort of snuck away to have kind of like a sister chat, you know? Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy walk by and they're talking about the girls at the ball. Mr. Darcy says, you were dancing with the only handsome girl in the room. Mr. Bingley says, Elizabeth is not bad looking. Mr. Darcy says, she's not handsome enough to tempt me. I'm like, ouch. First of all, you lie. Second of all, Ouch. your Imodium AD face. You know what? Honestly, like Elizabeth is much prettier than Mr. Darcy is handsome. Okay. Yeah. She's easily hotter than you. I think it's a bitch ass move for Mr. Darcy to imply that he has no interest in Elizabeth. Number one. We saw your ass do a double take when you first saw her. Uh-huh. And he's saying she's not nearly handsome enough to tempt me. Sir, sit down. Have several seats. Have several seats. So Elizabeth and Jane share a bed and a bedroom. And later that night, they're curled up in bed. They're in their pajamas. You know, they're under the covers talking. Jane brings up Mr. Darcy. And Elizabeth says something that just defines the entire mood of the book and Darcy and Elizabeth's relationship. 
she says, I could have forgiven his vanity if he had not insulted mine. Which, girl, listen, I feel you. Like, <laughs> listen, I could overlook him being a arrogant son of a bitch if he wouldn't have called me ugly. Now it's on like Donkey Kong. Right. Yeah. Mama Bennett reveals what kind of we already guessed. And it's the fact that, you know, the reason she's desperate to marry off her daughters is because when the father dies, they'll be left penniless. In fact, the person who's going to inherit all of the dad's estates and wealth is a cousin. What the fuck, man? Can you imagine a dusty ass man inheriting all of your family's money? I could not. It would blow my mind if just some random ass dude who I met once at Easter shows up to be like, what's up, bitches? This is my house now. Heard your daddy died. Get the fuck out of my living room. Well, I don't understand what was wrong with the world at this point where they're like, you can't give a woman a house. Then they won't need men. When I started the movie, I realized it's rated PG. And I was like, how the fuck is this movie rated PG? Because this movie has so much sexual tension. And then I realized the sexual tension is lost in the way that they speak. At one point, Mr. Darcy says something like, your figures are adequately displayed whilst prancing around the room or like something to that. I can admire you from here. Yeah, which basically translated to that ass is thick. You know, like (laughs) that was it. But it was like the way that they talk makes everything sound proper. Proper and innocent. If a documentary is not done with an English narrator who has a British accent, I will not watch it. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, like, I'll watch a documentary that doesn't have a a British narrator, but I'm just not going to trust. I'm not I'm just not going to trust their credentials because to me, the accent is your credentials, professor. You know, <laughs> like I trust you when you have an Honestly, accent. like a crackhead from London can show up in my front yard and tell me aliens are coming. I'm like, all right, this is it. This is it. Lord, you must I get would away. believe them. The aliens are coming. We must get under the bed. I'd be like, let's go, honey. Let's go. All right. Under the bed is. <laughs> all right. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Mama Bennett is working overtime trying to get her daughter, Jane, linked up with Mr. Bingley, the latest eligible bachelor. She sends her over there on a horse, knowing it's going to rain. And Uh this poor girl catches a cold and she ends up having to stay there. Well, also, Jane specifically says, like, Mama, can I take the carriage? Yeah. And her mom's like, no, you cannot take the carriage. Literally, like, they can see her still riding that horse through the field and it's like pouring down rain. And Mama's just like, oh, no, I guess she'll have to stay the night. Mama is the wingman. She's the ultimate wingman. She legit is. She's a facilitator. She has like a business card that says facilitator. (laughs) Instead of just putting up a sick woman that you met once in your guest room, why not just let her use your carriage to go home? Yeah. I don't understand it. I think when people were sick back then, it was taken very seriously. Yeah, it probably was. But Jane sends a letter to our house from down the street because that's what you did. She's like, well... She's like, Mama, I'm working on that. I'm getting that dick, Mama, but I got sick. <laughs> Elizabeth, being the ride or die sister she is, she's like, I must go see her. And we know, we know that Elizabeth is like, I must go see my sister, but Darcy go be there. She runs into Mr. Darcy again. 
girl, Elizabeth looks like a hot mess because she just walked from her house. Her dress is muddy. Her hair is frazzled. I've never, I mean, she looks like a hot mess and Darcy's looking at her. The sexual tension coming out of his eyes, you would you would need a chainsaw to cut that tension. Yes. He's looking at her like, damn, baby girl. Didn't I tell you when I go to freaking, I was at Home Depot the other day, just looking like a complete hot mess, kind of like Elizabeth Bennett, just not trying hair crazy, clothes crazy. Uh-huh. And I had people that didn't even work there, just just appearing from down, like just propelling themselves down from the ceiling and being like, do you need help with something? Can I help you with something? <laughs> I went in today with my hair done. I'm looking, I'm looking good today. I went in there today looking put together. I had to chase people down the aisle. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. Why is it they only, like, men only pay attention to me when I look a hot mess? I don't know. <laughs> so Elizabeth, you know, went to go visit her ailing sister. Yep. And she does. She goes in. She talks to her sister. Her sister's fine. And then she ends up in the, I guess it's the drawing room with mr darcy and Mm -hmm. this part really makes me mad because she's like wow mr darcy you write incredibly fast and he's like you're mistaken i write i write quite slow Mm. and she says something else um that women do Mm -hmm. he essentially insinuates women are dumb Dude, he's making it so hard. Like, she's trying to be nice. She's giving him compliments. It's it's almost as if he is fighting, actively fighting yes. to repel her. And it's because he's attracted to her and he doesn't want to be attracted to her. Darcy is attracted to Elizabeth, but he's in denial about his attraction to Elizabeth because the same traits that he finds attractive in her are the same traits that he's generally repulsed by. So, you know, if this were any other woman talking the way as boldly as Elizabeth Bennett does, yeah. he would be like, wow, what a fucking crazy pants. But he is, he is very sexually attracted to Elizabeth. Therefore, her personality traits, he's just like, ah, oh, I'm so confused. So after Elizabeth checks on her sister and she's leaving, she's getting onto the carriage Mr. Darcy helps her. He holds her hand and helps her onto the carriage. And it's like a moment. Tell me why that moment was a moment. It was somehow the sexiest scene in a PG movie. It's the eye contact they make during and then the hand flex he does afterwards. There's a close up of his hand as he's walking away and he kind of flexes it. Uh. Why was that so graphic? It was just like <laughs> I would have covered my kids' eyes if they would have seen that scene of Mr. Darcy flexing his hand after touching Elizabeth's hand. It just felt naughty. Naughty. That is what we call the female gaze. Women understand sexuality on a nuanced level that men can't fathom. Preach. That would go over a man's head. Like, what is sexy about the close-up of a man flexing his hand? You will never know. It goes over your head because you're a man. We don't know either. We don't know what's sexy about it. No, we but... know. We know why. We That hand is the Statue of Liberty. It's holding the flame. <laughs> we talked earlier about a cousin who is the one who's going to inherit the estate when Papa Bennett dies. Mr. Collins, he reminds me of Lord Farquaad from Shrek. 
Yes, he's so tiny. He's got the big head and the ego and confidence that you can't fathom. The Napoleon complex. Yes, but he just he just thinks so highly of himself. He shows up and after dinner, he takes Mama Bennett aside and he's like, yo, your oldest looking fine as fuck. Let me marry her and you get to keep your house. Mama Bennett is essentially just like, I wish I could. Really, I wish I could. However, she's soon to be engaged. What about Lizzie? Like, she's pretty yeah. too. Like, not as pretty as Jane. But like, she's... She's pretty close. She's pretty close. Yeah, she's she's pretty close. If you squint, <laughs> they look exactly the same. You know, like, Elizabeth is a very pretty girl. Well, it's like you said, it's a business transaction and Mama Bennett is really smart. So Mama Bennett uh-huh. knows that Jane, the oldest, is this close to getting engaged to Mr. Bingley. And Mr. Bingley has a lot of freaking money. So she's like, why would I take Jane away from Mr. Bingley to give to this dusty-ass cousin when instead I can take one of my other daughters and give it to the dusty-ass cousin? You know, after he's offered Lizzie, he's like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, he's like, you know what, she's fine. I really wanted Jane, but I'll settle for Elizabeth. And I'm like, oh, you'll settle for Kira Knightley? Dude, did I tell you? I think I saw Kira Knightley once in a subway train in Brooklyn. No. I don't know. Okay. I shouldn't have prefaced it that way because I really have no evidence that it was Kira Knightley. It was a brunette woman hiding her face under one of those little like hats that she used to wear. You know what I'm talking about? They were very popular. In, in, uh, uh-huh. And this was like in 2006, I think. There was, and she was just like trying really hard not to be like looked at. Like she was keeping her head down, and there was just everything about her screamed like, "I'm famous, don't look at me." Uh huh. Yeah, I. No one can tell me that wasn't Kira Knightley on a train. I believe you in Brooklyn. I thought I saw Ed Sheeran once, but it was just another dude with red hair. I mean, to be fair, Ed Sheeran looks like every redhead ever. Every redhead at a frat party. Girl, you don't understand. I drove up the street, turned around in a parking lot, and doubled back. (laughs) And then I'm like, God damn it, now I'm late for work. You were ready to throw your marriage away. Meanwhile, you know, we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, Elizabeth's other sisters um probably her most annoying sister is lydia her sisters are thirsty as hell yes can we make thirsty our our word of the episode okay thirsty is the word of the episode because that's what everybody is let me look up the meaning literally everyone's very thirsty there's a lot of thirst this this movie is very it's full of dehydration urban dictionary defines thirsty as too eager to get something desperate so the thirsty sister we have lydia and they're all in town and they're shopping for like ribbons and dresses mm-hmm. and this soldier his name is mr wickham ma'am He's a lieutenant, and his uniform, dare I say, is banging. It rivals a U.S. Marine's dress blues. He looks hella handsome in it. He does look hella handsome in it, and he has longer hair, and it's pulled back, and he looks like the type of dude that would get me in trouble. Like He looks like he Mm -hmm. wears Armani code. Armani code smells like frat boy. Elizabeth is very flirty Mm -hmm. with him. Because he's so approachable. Yeah. 
You know what what it is about him? He's got a ponytail and that ponytail carries the promise of a man bun. Like it's not a man bun because he's in uniform, but the promise is there. Do you know what I'm saying? There's potential. Yeah. There's potential for the man bun and that's enough. And he's also, he's very sweet. Um, He's very flirty and he's very charming. When we meet Lieutenant Wickham, he's just like this charming guy in uniform and Elizabeth's sister, the really thirsty one, Lydia, is going crazy. She thinks he's so hot, but she thinks everyone's hot. She's just thirsty. Remember, this is Hunger Games for Dick, so it's not unusual for women to lose it. But Wickham and Elizabeth and her sisters, they go for a walk and they kind of come across Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley. Darcy looks pissed to see Wickham. It's very obvious in the short exchange that they have some sort of history uh-huh. together. Well, actually, like Wickham explains the history, yeah. his side of the history to Elizabeth. And essentially, Wickham was very close with Darcy's father. And then his version is that Darcy, after Darcy's father passed away, Darcy was just like, fuck you, Wickham. Wickham says that he was actually supposed to inherit some of Darcy's inheritance because he was so close to Darcy's father. But Darcy was uh-huh. jealous and cut him out of the inheritance. That is Wickham's side of the story. And we all know there are three sides of the story. There is. Mr. Bingley is throwing another ball. If Mr. Bingley's throwing a ball, that means that Mr. Darcy's going to be there. He's not just there. He asked Elizabeth to dance. While they're dancing, while Elizabeth and Darcy are dancing, the conversation is so weird. They get so into each other that they forget that they're in a ball surrounded by people. And of course, Elizabeth being Elizabeth, she asks about Wickham. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm sure Wickham did tell you that. That sounds about right for Wickham. And she's like, do you have nothing to say? And he's like, no. I think I would like to not talk about this. Thank you. Because of the way they speak back in that time, it's like everything is a freaking riddle. It's like, yes. he's like, you shan't speak of the nature of the relationship for it is rather acrimoniously served. And it's like, wait, he he did what? What is happening? And essentially, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I get it. With I would have questions too. However, today's not the day and I'm not the one. We ain't talking about it. So let's fucking dance. Oh, my God. He's like, it's a long thing. Like, I'm going to tell you something. Darcy is not here to spill the tea because if he was, he would have spilt it and he refuses to spill the tea. He refuses to spill the tea. It comes back to bite him in the ass. And then um, Colin, the cousin Mm -hmm. who Mama Bennett essentially offered Liz up to him as a bride. Yeah. He kind of corners Liz and is just like, we haven't had a chance to dance. And she's like, yeah, okay. Listen, the dusty cousin, he ends up proposing to her. The thesis of his proposal is, you're cute. I want a wife. I think it would be really cool for me to have a wife. I'm also inheriting all of your shit. So it's kind of in your best interest to marry me so that you can keep your shit. So what do you say? Yeah. And he's just like, all right, so we're getting married. And she's like, no, I'm really sorry. I can't. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I must have stuttered. We are going to get married. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, we're not. When she turns him down, he says, I'm sure you're just wanting to keep me in suspense. She's like, no, 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 no. I just don't want to marry you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, she's playing hard to get. And then Liz is like, I assure you I'm not. <laughs> and so it's like a big thing. The mom is like, you get back in there and you tell him like, this. It's not too late to save this, you know? You get back in there and you tell him that you'll marry him. And Liz like storms out of the house and then 
Mama Bennett talks to Papa Bennett and she's like, you need to go talk to your daughter. And so they both follow her out to like a pond or like a lake or whatever. You know, she's like, father, I can't do this. I won't do this. Like, yeah. have you, did you see him? Daddy, no. Oh, um, Papa Bennett gives a really sweet speech and he says, from today on out, you will have to be a stranger to one of your parents because if you do not marry Mr. Collins, your mother will never speak to you again. And mom's in the background like, damn right, I won't. Yeah. And then he's like, and if you do, I will never speak to you again. He's the only one that cares mm-hmm. that they end up with a man that they actually want to be with. Well, I also think the kind he has that luxury because by the time the husbands are actually like needed, he's going to be dead. That's true, yeah. When they get back in the house after this whole altercation, poor Jane is crying on the stairs. Yeah. Just sobbing because Mr. Bingley's leaving. Mr. Bigley left. He's mm-hmm. gone. And he just basically sent her a... A dear John. A dear Jane letter. Yeah. Everyone was warning her, hey, he's going to lose interest if you don't show more interest. She was just being herself. Uh-huh. And then one day, he, Mr. Bingley just up and leaves. And now she's hysterical because she's like, does he not want me anymore? Because she was expecting an engagement. Do you know what's, yeah. what, what occurred to me is that in this back in this age... The moment a guy liked you, he proposed to you mm-hmm. because things couldn't go further after that. You can't spend time alone with a guy you're not engaged with. Nope. It's so scandalous. <laughs> you can't kiss a guy. You can't hold a guy's hand. Like, it's just. You got to put a ring on it first before you do you, anything. You guys essentially meet, dance a couple times. Yeah. Take a stroll about the room and then you get engaged and get married. Um, And then you find out if you actually like them, you know? Yep. All the girls and Mama Bennett, Papa Bennett, they're all talking and they come to the conclusion that Jane will follow Mr. Bingley to London and go stay with like an uncle or an aunt. Um, And at this point, like you can't send a forewarning. So just you just show up at aunt and uncle's house like, hey, I'm here to stay for a little while. Mm -hmm. I hope it's cool. And that's what she does. She packs up and she leaves to go follow Mr. Bingley. Her hopes are that he will get wind that she's in town and then seek her out. Yeah. But there's a lot happening right now because Charlotte, who is a cousin that's been staying with them, Mm -hmm. she decides to marry Collins, the cousin who owns all their shit. Elizabeth is like, no, you can't do that. Have you met him? Have you seen him? (laughs) And Charlotte's like, listen. I wrote down the actual quote of like, I'm 27 years old. I have no money, no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents, and I'm frightened. So don't judge me. Gee, 27? Like, I am 32, and if I was single at this Uh, point, like, maybe now is when I would start feeling the pressure of, like, hey, maybe you should get married. This was 200 years ago. I think we can cut her some slack for feeling like her life is almost over at 27. Because it probably was. No, she pro- because... She probably died three years later of consumption. Well, and honestly, back then, a 27-year-old unmarried female was like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. There was, there was no, like, dude, she's living her best life because you couldn't live your best life. Right. Right after they get married, Charlotte writes to Elizabeth and is like, hey, come stay at my house with me and you can see that I'm fine. So Liz goes to see Charlotte and Mr. Collins And they take her to Lady Catherine's house. And Lady Catherine is the person that Mr. Collins works for. The best way I could describe Lady Catherine is she seems polite enough, but she's actually a huge twat. 
is she nobility? I don't understand. She seems to have some some high ranking, some high standing in society that's almost borderline nobility. I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly why her title is lady. But, you know, Darcy is there and Darcy is her nephew. This is the moment where Darcy admits to Elizabeth that he's shy. And it kind of explains Mm -hmm. so much. He says it in a very long-winded way. He says something like, I do not have a talent for conversing with people whom I've never met before or something to that effect. And I'm like, dude two words i'm shy like you don't have to say a whole paragraph i'm so exhausted by the way they talk (laughs) so they're at church and there's another gentleman and i don't know who this other gentleman is i don't think we ever hear his name and if we do i completely missed it he is sitting next to elizabeth he's there spilling the tea about darcy he states about how good of a guy you know darcy is Mm -hmm. you know and he said that he recently just saved a friend from a bad match and elizabeth is like yeah a light bulbs are clicking in her head and she's like which friend what's his name yeah and he's like oh it was mr mr bingley and she's like what did he give a reason and the friend states that darcy said it was just a bad match that Mr. Bingley was way more into this chick and this chick wasn't that into him and he didn't want to see his friend's heart get broken. But she was also of questionable family. Like her stature was in question, especially her family. Yeah. Elizabeth is like out for blood now. Darcy essentially talked Mr. Bingley out of proposing to Elizabeth's sister because Darcy believes that Elizabeth's family is too beneath them, essentially. So having this knowledge, Elizabeth runs off. It starts raining and she kind of finds refuge in, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of temple looking gazebo thing. It is pouring rain. There's thunder. And who comes rolling up, soaking wet, looking like a goddamn snack? Mr. Darcy. He is fine (laughs) as fuck. So he says, in vain, I have struggled. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. He's like, against my better judgment, against my family's expectations, I've come here to ask you to end my agony. And then he says, I love you most ardently. And he proposes to her. And I'm like, dude, you couldn't have just walked up and just said that. No, first he has to say, look, you're a hot mess. Your family's trash. You're trash adjacent. If I marry you, it's going to look really bad. Um, You talk too goddamn much. You talk too goddamn much. But you know what? I'm willing to put all that aside and marry you. And she's like, you know what? I'm good. And she is essentially just like, no, I won't marry you. Mm -hmm. One, because you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. Two, because Mr. Wickham told me all about everything that happened. Like, I know. And you're an asshole again. And then I just found out you ruined my sister's happiness because you went and started spreading trash lies about her. And you're an asshole for a third time. So fuck you very much. If it wasn't enough that you are the reason my sister's heartbroken, you also insulted me and he says do you expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of your circumstances (laughs) why don't you be happy that you're poor i'm not happy i'm in love with a poor person jesus why is that such a burn he's just like honey you're trash and your family is a giant dumpster fire but i still want to marry you i'd still hit it yes he's like i'd still hit but she's like 
you're the last man in the world I would ever marry. And then they have this tense moment, girl. Remember, rain is pouring all around them. They're both soaked to the bone. They just got into a heated argument. Adrenaline. They're breathing hard. Thunder is rumbling behind them. And the rain is pouring all around. And they are so close. Their faces are so close. And I swear he kind of leans in closer. And for a moment, I think for sure they're going to start making out passionately. But he just walks away. If this was written in 2021, they definitely would have hate fucked. They would have straight up had all the sex right there. Yep. You know, she leaves. And then he sends her a letter. Your first strike against me (laughs) was that I'm an asshole. Yeah. Yes. Your second strike against me was about Wickham. Let me tell you what really happened. Mm-hmm. And he spills all the tea we about the how... Real tea. We, real tea. The Darcy tea. He states that Wickham did inherit money from his father's estate. Yeah. And then he gambled it away in a week. And then asked for more money. And Darcy was essentially like, no, fuck off. And then he seduced Darcy's younger sister, Georgia, into trying to elope with her. Because he wanted her money. Yeah, he wanted her money. And then when Darcy made it clear that Wickham would never see a penny of Georgia's money, Wickham just dipped. He's a con man of sorts. He gambled away all the money and and then he was looking for someone to marry, trying to marry Darcy's sister for money. It's horrible. Also, as far as the Bingley situation, he's like, hey, listen, like from what I observed, your sister wasn't that into him. I wasn't about to let my bro get his heart broken. You know what? Like maybe I was wrong, but I did it in service of a friend Mm -hmm. looking out for his best interest. So is it really wrong? I mean, should he have interfered? No. But was he looking out for his bro? Yeah. He was. I mean, he was looking out for his friend. He was doing what he thought was best. And so... Some time passes. After the letter, Elizabeth returns home. They get this idea to go to their aunt and uncle's house. I assume they are going to retrieve Jane and bring her home. And during this excursion, they say, oh, yeah, we're right outside of Pemberley. And Pemberley is Mr. Darcy's estate. Yeah, it's like one of his primary estates. Yeah. And so I guess at this time frame or this um, time period. Time period mm-hmm. It was acceptable to just go up and be like, hey, is the house open for visitors? And they're like, oh, yeah, you can come look around. Let me get a maid. And it's interesting because they argued so hard in the rain. But this time, the first time they're seeing each other again, they're so awkward and they're exchanging uh-huh. small talk. They're kind of smiley. And there's this, uh, there's just the tension, the tension. It's, it reminds me of like when you're talking in middle school. You know, like he's just like, the weather is nice today. Very much. (laughs) Did you enjoy my home? It was adequate. Yes. Thank you. Good day. Good day. And so, you know, they kind of leave things there and they're awkward. But then that night, Elizabeth gets a letter stating that Lydia, um, her super thirsty sister, has ran away with Mr. Wickham. And this is extremely 
scandalous. Mm-hmm. An unmarried young woman has now spent time alone with an unmarried young man. So obviously they have to get married now or else her name is ruined and no other man will touch her because she's breathed the same air as another man. <laughs> yeah, I mean her younger sister running off with this guy, it is threatening the reputation of the entire family which in turn threatens the mm-hmm. future of the family. Because if one sister's a hoe, they're all a hoe. Right? Yeah. Oh, hoes, hoes hang together, girl. They roll together there's some hoes in the bennett house <laughs> there's some hoes no there's there's no hoes they're not hoes they're low-key hoes but yeah so i mean lieutenant wickham we already established from the tea that darcy spilled mm-hmm. lieutenant wickham is an asshole and he basically yes. blackmails elizabeth's family for money in exchange for marrying lydia because when he marries lydia it's no longer a scandal. Now it's just a marriage. But if he doesn't marry her, no one will marry her and she will be forever stained and the entire family will be stained. Mm-hmm. And this threatens their livelihood. Like the stakes are high. Yes. Elizabeth shows up sobbing to Mr. Darcy and her uncle. So it's her uncle and Mr. Darcy. She shows up sobbing and Darcy's like, I'm so sorry. Like if I wouldn't have kept the secret, you know, about Wickham, you know, this never would have happened. And she's like, no, it's my fault. I had an opportunity to tell my sisters and I didn't. And I feel like this is like a really big step for them because they're both admitting fault when normally they are both so proud and arrogant where that never would have happened. I loved how Mr. Darcy immediately is like, what can I do to help? How can I help? He can he sees what a big deal this is. Yes. Elizabeth returns home and her father receives a letter stating that Mr. Wickham has agreed to marry Lydia for a small stipend of a hundred pounds a year. Everyone's suspicious by that, especially the dad. And it's so funny because the dad is like, no way. He must have gotten more money from 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 your uncle because there's no way that he would have married Lydia for anything less than 10,000. Lydia is a pain in the ass and she's annoying AF. Yeah, he's like, this doesn't sound right. Like, I mean, I'll take it, but it doesn't (laughs) sound right. And he's like, you know, your uncle, because he assumes it was the uncle. He's like, your uncle must have paid a whole lot of money to make this happen. And then Lydia, clueless fucking Lydia. Oh, my God. She she rolls up so proud of herself. I'm Mrs. Wickham. I'm married to Lieutenant Wickham. You know what? Lydia strikes me as one of those military wives that take on the rank of her husband. She definitely tries to cut the line at the commissary. And be like, you need to salute me. I'm a lieutenant. And it's like, get get out. <laughs> she was so clueless about the position that she put her family in yeah. and just whatever. And they also like they're relocating because he got stationed somewhere else. That's kind of the last we see of Lydia is that she rides off into the sunset with Lieutenant Wickham. Bye, Lydia. Bye. Yeah, after he blackmailed her family into paying him to marry her. But no, she reveals something before she leaves. She actually reveals to Elizabeth that Mr. Darcy was at the wedding. Lydia's like, oh my, oh my, I shouldn't have said anything. He didn't want me to say anything. But yes, Mr. Darcy was on the wedding, was at the wedding. He actually paid for everything. Yes. So Elizabeth learns that the reason Wickham ended up marrying Lydia and saving the family's reputation is because Mr. Darcy dug into his pockets, into his rich ass pockets. Did we say 
I don't think we ever said that Mr. Darcy is rich as fuck. He's rich as fuck. Mr. Darcy has got the money. He's got the looks. He's got the sex appeal. And he's got the money. Honey, what are you doing? He's got the money, honey. You chase that bag. (laughs) You gotta chase that bag. Come on, Elizabeth. And so, yeah, Darcy made this happen. He made sure that his sister's name was not ruined and that the family was not dishonored, um, which was really sweet of him. And he didn't even tell Elizabeth, you know, like, I feel like if this was a bargaining chip to get her back or to, like, you know, get her to agree to marry him, he would have been like, look, you know, like, yeah, Wickham's an asshole, but he did what he did and I fixed it the best way it could have been fixed. He was trying to fix things without taking credit for them. This is a really good day for the Bennets because yeah. also later that day, Mr. Bingley shows up. Yes, honey. Who said Dick was scarce? It's not scarce. It's coming to your door. It's ringing your doorbell. <laughs> Ding dong. And he's like, can I have a moment with Miss Bennett? Yeah. Jane Bennett? <laughs> like, because they're, yeah. which one? There's yeah, four yeah. of us here. Yeah. Her mother's like, everyone out of the room. He apologizes for ghosting her. Yes. He proposes. She says yes. It's so happy for her. So Elizabeth is out at what I imagine is dusk. And you know how there's like yes. in the mountains and woods, there's sometimes that fog that hangs in the air at dusk and the and the light is, is kind of cutting through it. So Elizabeth is hanging out there inexplicably at the edge of a cliff and i'm just this i'm kind of like girl don't do it you know what i mean i'm like don't do it girl don't do it (laughs) and then darcy just pops up out of fucking nowhere well he's walking down the field again i want to say he looks like a snack but he looks like a whole costco size value pack yes he is walking towards her it's just so cinematic and romantic and then she says you know thank you for everything you did because she knows that he's the reason that you know he saved her family name by you know ensuring Uh that her younger whole ass thirsty ass sister got married and then two she knows that he's the reason that her older sister jane finally got the man of her dreams because yes. he talked that guy initially out of Mary and Jane, and then he obviously talked them back into coming back. Darcy says to Elizabeth, it was all for you. You must know it was all for you. And, you know, he says some cute shit like, you know, <laughs> I wonder if your feelings towards me have changed because my feelings towards you have not. Yeah. And then she doesn't say anything. She walks up and she holds his hand and then she brings it in and she kisses his knuckles female gaze it's the female gaze the subtlety in the sexual tension kissing his knuckles why is that so hot it's so it's intimate it's so intimate you're so right like you would never just take a random guy's fist and like put it to your lips <laughs> and like it's like a random guy's fist and it's not like she's just like she it's like a yeah. lingering like yeah. the whole world vibrated <laughs> Now that, you know, she's accepted his proposal, now he has to go talk to Papa Bennett. Yeah. We need to give, like, a standing ovation to the patience that Mr. Bennett has. He has so much patience, but you can also tell that he is not a normal man for his time period. Like, for the time where he exists, he is not the average guy. Because the estrogen in that house has just ran him over. He's not a normal dad. He's a cool dad. He's totally a cool dad. He knows how rich Mr. Darcy is. 
And uh-huh. instead of seeing dollar signs, he immediately says to his daughter, wait, I thought you didn't like this guy. You know, why are you marrying him? I thought you didn't like him. Yeah. He wants to make sure. Yeah. And she's like, Papa, I was wrong. <sighs> she's like, you know, and she just, she spills all the tea to her dad. He gets, the father gets emotional. He's so happy that his daughter is happy. Yeah. And he's just such a good guy. Girl, this is the happily ever after. Elizabeth and Darcy get yes. married. They get married. And then they're like, on like a picnic blanket, like yeah. barefoot, sleeves rolled up, blankets mm. wrapped around her. <laughs> At that night, there's candlelight. They're talking about nicknames. He says, what shall I call you when I'm cross with you, Mrs. Darcy? Yeah. And she says, no, you may only call me Mrs. Darcy when you are iridescently happy yeah iridescently happy yeah and then he just goes mrs darcy yeah he says it's it's a lovely evening mrs darcy mrs darcy stop yes such a good movie all right guys looks like the teapot is empty for today more tea is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with Seduction and Snacks by Tara Civic. Yes. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to email us, you can email us at fictionfixationpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. If you liked our podcast, please leave a review and share with a friend. We'll see you next week. Mrs. Darcy. Ooh. Mrs. Darcy. Mrs. Darcy. Listen, it's a feminist book, but them feminists want the D. They want the D. You can be feminist and thirsty. You can be feminist and thirsty. Thank you. Thank you. Bitch, we need a t-shirt that says that. Oh my God, that's so good.